1: Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Casually waiting for the... uh...
2: Waiting for me? Because the fucking kids' baseball game ran long? Jesus Christ.
3: Wait, now it's saying... You missed the call. But you didn't miss the call. Did I miss the call or no one missed the call? I thought it said Brian Wolford missed the call, but that doesn't make any sense because you're on the call.
1: Noah's yeah. on the call too, so he didn't miss it either.
3: None of us yeah. missed it, apparently. It's dumb. Multiverse thing. Another Brian missed the call. Fuck that, Brian. I mean, obviously, but. You guys see the uh,
4: the teaser for the Marvels? Yeah, actually looks all right.
2: I'm excited
4: for
3: it. Yeah, I don't think it looks as good as Blue Beetle, or at least the trailer wasn't as good as the Blue Beetle trailer. Yeah, I guess I just want to know what's going on. Looks like the tone's going to be fun. yeah,
4: I was I was a little worried that they were going to try to like make it super serious for some reason.
3: You're more like the original Captain America movie, kind of, because they uh,
4: only because it's you know the the big female led project. So I was worried that they were going to try to lean lean into the female superheroes can be cool too.
3: Instead of just trying to make a good movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I could see that being a problem. But instead, it looks like they just tried to make a good movie. And as long as it's, it focuses on Rambo, I'll be fine. Yeah. They're probably going to be like, no, but Brie Larson, Captain, America, Captain Marvel,
2: come on.
4: I just, I don't hate Brie Larson as much as some other people do, but I don't don't know. I feel like sometimes she, she poisons the well a bit by the (laughs) fact that she goes out and does these interviews and you just want to be like, shut the fuck up.
2: But do you feel she's a good Captain Marvel? Would she have been your choice?
4: I don't know. Because my problem is whenever I think about it, I try to think of who would be a better Carol Danvers. And I have want, a real hard time Thinking
3: of somebody that could do it I wanted Katie Sackoff. Okay I mean if this was 25 years ago Maybe a Sigourney Weaver <laughs> Sure I don't know Kind of stuck with it now I don't know Let's see no, I was never a huge Miss Marvel mark you mean her original persona yeah I don't know if you were talking about her or the new one well I just
4: I just say Miss Marvel in reference to, to Carol Danvers is, she's a cousin well because because like, like I, I loved right. I loved Marvel
3: in the comic books but I never really expected to get mar as Captain America, you know, or Captain Marvel. Oh. Maybe we'll get Captain Universe. Maybe we'll get Captain Caveman. You never know. You know what I mean? Get, get Cosmic Spider-Man.
2: If so they made a Captain Caveman movie, who should play him? Ooh, fuck. For some reason, I'm getting a real Jack Black vibe
4: for I was, I was getting ready to say Jack Black or Zach Galifianakis.
2: Yeah. I feel like the energy has to be Jack Black, though.
3: Caveman! <laughs> <laughs>
4: <sighs> hmm live live action Wacky Races the movie
2: oh see that's what we need why is there not a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe
4: there should be I remember a few years ago somebody made a fake uh, space ghost trailer
3: and it was actually like pretty fucking dope play space ghost Oh, man. Uh, Patrick Warburton? Might be a solid choice.
2: If it was like 15 years ago, I'd say some Bruce Campbell, maybe.
4: Oh, yeah, that would be freaking
3: great. <laughs> I feel like he's getting a little old to do it now, though. Let's say just wanted to CG him. How old is Warburton? Mm-hmm. He's pretty old, too, isn't he, but now? Oh
4: yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, if it was that long ago, having Bruce as Space Ghost and having uh, uh Ted
3: Rami play uh what's what's his face, his axe. Oh yeah. It would have been real <laughs> fucking funny.
2: Just for the look, I want to say John Hamm, but I don't feel like he could pull off the Space Ghost persona.
4: I'm a little sad that we don't have John Ham playing a superhero.
2: Right? Maybe like a Kingdom Come Superman or something?
4: I don't know. Well, the problem is I don't know how you'd use him because he's a good serious actor, but damn it,
3: whenever he gets silly, he's so fucking funny. And so- I don't
4: know, I don't know who toes that line of
3: both. Um. I still haven't watched uh, the new Fletch movie. Should do that at some point. I don't know if I've ever seen anything with John Hamm in it.
4: Oh my god, did you ever watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Oh right, he was in that, yeah. 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 Bridesmaids.
2: <laughs> he was in Bridesmaids. Yeah. He was Kristen Wiggs like uh
3: fuck buddy for a while yeah. i haven't seen that in a long while see the town ben affleck oh yeah okay
1: you're right. See? I've seen lots of stuff over jesus there. christ doug apparently i don't love him like you guys do because i don't <laughs> remember him being in these things well <laughs> you gotta you gotta give that man credit
4: as far as like dudes go he is just a classically attractive
3: gentleman isn't he <laughs> Yeah. He's pretty dreamy.
2: He was on a handful of episodes of 30 Rock. He was good in that too.
3: I mean, he could be like a a Hal Jordan, but I think maybe he's too big to be Hal. Yeah. Can he do a British accent? Can he be crapped in Britain? That'd be dope. Hmm. I'm really, I'm really sad that that hasn't become a thing
4: yet. When are we going to make a Captain Britain movie? Cause
2: I heard that uh, Marvel was talking to maybe Henry Caville for it.
4: but there's, there's just been rumors about materialized it for freaking forever because I would like them to bring in all those characters with uh, all the Arthurian stuff and the. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. The, what's the magic realm called that it all has to do with? Oh, I have no idea. I can't remember. Basically, basically, the kingdom of Camelot exists in another universe, and there's a whole bunch of characters that are tied to it.
1: Yeah, the problem you're not factoring in is the marketing of something called Captain Britain to an American audience. I believe your country is still a little too racist to actually support a movie like that. <laughs> he's, okay, so he's a white guy, but he's
4: the wrong white guy. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. No, no, I was a, that, was, that was a joke that was 100% serious about the attitude of America.
3: Yeah.
4: I feel like.
3: Well, I don't, I don't think... I, I,
2: I, I don't think it would work for, like, a movie. What if they did, like, the Miracle Man comics? Miracle Man's dope. he start off as kind of the goofy character and then descend into, like, the weird
3: dark shit that Alan Moore brought into it? Maybe. I don't know. There's so much stuff. That's the crazy thing. Like, I, I feel like we're
4: unfortunately in a period where um, if, if the quality doesn't increase, this might be the decline of this era of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And we've got so much more shit to explore. And if it declines, all that means is we're going to go like 10 years without a superhero movie. And then it's going to come back and it's going to be fucking Superman and Batman again.
2: Well... I mean, Batman and Robin pretty much killed off superhero movies for like two years. And then Blade happened. So maybe we can have that quick of a turnaround.
4: That's true. I mean, that's the good news. If you really think about it, really, I don't think we've ever gone since, since Tim Burton's Batman. I don't think we've gone a full five years without any
3: superhero movies. No, not even close, I don't think. I don't think we've gone five years without a Batman movie. (laughs) I feel like we haven't
2: even gone seven hours without a Batman movie.
4: Fucking Batman.
2: You know what else we have seven hours to do?
3: Boom. Well played, sir.
4: Was it really? All right. No, no, that was a good one. You're back, Brian. I
3: don't know about that.
4: You're back on the Segway train. Uh,
2: I don't know. Noah, do you want to tell us about seven hours of judgment?
4: Yeah, uh, it's, it's a long movie about uh, Bo Bridges being afraid of minorities. <laughs> 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 no, uh, so Bo
1: Bridges is a uh, a judge in it, the midst. I'm going to cut you off, though. Your your immediate description was a long movie about Bo Bridges being afraid of minorities, and it's literally an hour and. 30 minutes of bob bridges and the villain is a rich white guy. So <laughs> proceed now if you, if you will. <laughs> now you can get into the plot description and explain why you're wrong about everything. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the movie starts,
4: he's a judge and he's having nightmares about black dudes because black dudes are scary and they he's commit having, a crime.
1: He's having <laughs> he's having nightmares about a crime that he is presiding over the case
4: right, for, Right. And it just so happens that all the dudes are black and just randomly menace him by, by being black and being near him. But uh, yeah, so they intimidate all the witnesses. The guy whose wife was murdered says this other gang has information and Bo Bridges is like, nah, man, nah. Uh, so all the gangsters get off. Uh, because the American legal system sucks, which is which is an accurate representation of this movie.
3: Okay,
1: but uh, again, Bo, again, you're you're, you're like, you, did you watch this movie?
4: Bo Bridges, Bo Bridges wife says, then gets kidnapped uh, by the wacky waving inflatable arm tube band guy. <laughs> and get uh, okay, that part's he's, accurate. I was thinking,
2: he, I was thinking of the Wiz from yeah, Seinfeld, but sure,
4: yeah. And he's like, hey, you've got seven hours to go get that evidence and bring it back to me or I'm going to kill your wife, dude. Uh, So Bo Bridges goes on an epic adventure where he goes out and first he has to go deal with the scary Hispanic guys um, who are all evil and in a gang and get their information so that he can go after the scary black guys. (laughs) And deal with that. And then somehow the last third of this movie turns into like Batman 66 and he's fighting his way through like an evil arcades mace with electronic staircases and like deadfalls and stuff. This movie, this movie really shifts gears. It's, it's strange. It's not bad. I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie, but it, it was like, what the fuck is happening with every second of this film?
2: Uh, so the reason the movie was on the list is because I saw this when I was younger and didn't know what it was called and spent years trying to remember, figure out what the title was. This is pre-internet. And then I finally looked it up one day like, oh, that's it. And I've been wanting to rewatch it. And so I put it on the list and it was finally time to watch it. And definitely not as good as I remember.
4: Yeah. It's movie. Right. I, I would say it's a solid, like, all right. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah. The movie in my head was a lot greasier and a lot more exploitation. And this was a little too, uh, too sparkly clean for me.
1: Dude. Do you sort of feel like, too, that the director, who happens to also be the star, <laughs> I would say two things. Number one is he gets a little too artsy for the subject matter of the film. Those dream sequences at the beginning and some of the other, like, kind of weird, funky things that go on. You're like, ah, just set this in the real world, but isn't this just the real world? And then the other problem is he definitely wants to make himself the action star of the movie. So when he finally does start, like the, when the physical violence finally ramps up towards the end of the movie, he's dropping those one liners and he's trying to sound cool and tough by using legal terminology in Schwarzenegger <laughs> one liners. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if you're working like when he's like punches that one guy and the guy locks it out and he goes, "Case yeah, just missed. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that really makes you sound tough. man. <laughs> like, no, I think the movie would work better if he didn't take that step and was just this like middle class guy who's thrown into the situation and never tries to come across as a tough guy just has to fight his way through without being able to do it
2: yeah Yeah. for some reason I remember this being like he has like seven hours to get from one side of the city to the other to get whatever evidence he needs which is still sort of the case but I just remember him being like trying to traverse the city and it's grimy and crime ridden and whatever else. And basically when I watched the movie, it's like, oh, he's just going to a, to kind of a, a greasy, uh, uh, like Mexican food place. Like I did not feel threatening whatsoever. Once he walked in there.
4: (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, literally, the villains of this movie is scary Mexican guys, scary black guys, nope. mentally nope. unstable white guy, and handicapped white guy.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, you keep, you keep bringing up the racial elements of this as if this is a racist film, but it's clearly not. It, you, you didn't pay enough attention. Because this movie starts out making you think the terrible villains are evil black guys that clearly are stereotypical black guys and then it turns you on his head. it does it does what like Death Wish does where it's like the legal system doesn't work and this guy has no choice but to take things into his own hands. But then it flips that on his head by making the rich white guy who wants to control the system into the villain. So when he goes in with his he's like, oh I can get new evidence. he goes to the judge and the judge is like, take this up with the district attorney. you can't come to a judge looking for evidence. Like, get the evidence in front of me and then I can consider it. If that guy had followed the system properly, he would have taken gone to the district attorney and said, look, I can get you new evidence if you can go for tomorrow. And the district attorney would have filed for a continuance and then they would have had that evidence and then the case would have turned out differently. But it's because this guy is trying to operate outside the law and trying to force the case to the predetermined conclusion that he has. That's why everything gets fucked up. And at, I, end, when, and at the end, I agree. And at the when, end, when it becomes, when you realize what he's doing, it's the, you know, uber rich white guy who owns a, a national chain of electronics stores pitting the middle class white guy against the poor minorities in an attempt to try to control the whole situation to the point of him literally sending Bo Bridges to get, inf- get the evidence. And then once he has it, calling the gang and telling them where it is, it, it, where Bo Bridges is, and that he's got this information. He's, it, it's, it's all about this evil guy. You keep saying that the villains are the, the minorities, but they're not. not. Actually, no, the, film, the film goes not, absolutely saying, out of its way. No,
4: no, no. I'm not saying that they are the only villains. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that the movie clearly goes,
1: ooh, black people, ooh, Hispanic people. <laughs> It doesn't when you when he walks into that Hispanic bar, there are clearly people of different races. Yes, the gang at the back of the bar is a Hispanic Hispanic. gang. (laughs) Yes, but there are tons of creepy looking white dudes in there when he's in the underground cavern and he's being chased by the like hordes of homeless people. They are very mixed race. This film goes out of its way not to do the things that you're accusing it of doing. I, I think you're it, wrong, sir. It, it it plays on it plays on your expectations of the fact that you go into it assuming that it's going to be racist, and it turns that on its head. Again, the, the I, I don't think the, it turns anything on
3: its the,
4: head. I think the, this, vi- this, villain, this film is about as shallow as a film gets.
1: The <laughs> the villain the villain of the film is a rich white guy, and you keep bringing up the minorities Correct. as if they're the villains, but they are not. They are. They are a film not. film can have more than
4: one villain. <laughs> are you saying they- that the roving gang of murderers who murdered a woman are not the bad guys trying to kill
1: him for half the movie? That is fucking dumb. They're all being pit- they're all being controlled and manipulated by the one rich white guy, including him having the, the dumber white people help him in his plot without really understanding why they're doing it, which is very much how our society
3: works. Man, I didn't think we were going to have anything to talk about with this movie. I, I, I think the,
1: one of the flaws in the film is at the end, in order to justify having the Bowbridge's bridges character go after some of the gang members, they give us the information that the gang actually did commit the crime. Cause up until that point, we don't actually know that they did until that moment when he gets his hands on that purse. My
4: wife was very concerned that this movie was about the, uh, uh, what the fuck were they called? The, uh, central park five. Yeah. The central park five.
3: Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, uh,
1: it could very easily have turned out that they didn't commit the crime up until the moment he gets his hand on that purse. And then there it's actually it, it, as much as a, you could argue, it's a flaw in the filmmaking. It's I mean, also like, there's the part, a really good, it wasn't the part at the
4: beginning of the movie where they're in court, literally making jokes about intimidating the witnesses. And, and then he makes the gun motion at the judge while talking shit about killing him.
1: That wasn't they, that wasn't a bit of a hint that the dudes that, were maybe guilty. It means they're means they're shitheads. Doesn't mean that they committed that particular crime. Simple fact is that no evidence was presented that they committed that crime, and that's why they were let off. Okay, okay. I feel I feel like you're weirdly on the side of this the
4: opening scene that's about <laughs> kind of the fact that the court system doesn't exactly work the
1: way it's supposed to. The court system did work the way it's supposed to. The court system, they went to, they went to trial. They did, there was not enough evidence to hold them over for trial. Or to, to, sorry, they went to their preliminary hearing. There was not enough evidence to hold them over for trial, so they were let go. The guy that had access to the evidence refused to work within the system. That's why they got let go. If he had simply played the game properly, if he had gone to the, to the prosecutor and said, I can get you more evidence, just give me a little bit of time, the judge was more than willing – To work with them, he actually calls the prosecutor over and says, like, are you sure you've looked at all of the opportunities here for evidence and stuff before I make a ruling? Like, if he had said, no, I can get you more evidence. It's just going to take a day. I think the judge would have would have given him that time. It's it's the husband's uh, like the husband of the original victim. It's his refusal
3: to play within the system and to follow the rules that really sets off all the chain of events. Because they even mention in that court hearing, very specifically, if we knew what happened with this purse,
1: that would help us understand what happened a lot more. Well, this guy thinks he can get his hands on that purse and prove how, who, who took it. That would, that would
3: have been enough, maybe, to, to get them to trial. But it's, and, and, and that guy, keep in mind, that guy
1: doesn't want justice, right? He doesn't want that evidence to get to the judge and he doesn't want them to go to jail he wants the whole system burned to the ground and all of those people to be destroyed so he did, he's the only one really not like obviously the criminals are committing their crimes fine but he's the one preventing justice
4: but the, the important thing is do you guys think the last third of this movie inspired saw do you think they watched this movie and they were like, what if this, but better? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's maybe. I mean, there's an element of that. That weird hotel where, the, uh, where Boat Bridges' wife is being held, where it's like it's still like it looks from the outside like it's an open hotel, but inside it's like the staircase is missing. And I'm like, who's paying for that room? Like, if you can't, if you can't even walk up the regular flight of stairs to it.
3: It's just like literally roaches everywhere. Yeah. What'd you guys think of Jaws Jr.? <laughs> Where'd
4: they get that guy? They were like, Hey, you you kinda look like Jaws from that other movie.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Someone was like, uh, You ever read of Mice and Men? Yeah,
4: that's what I was getting ready to say. I was like, just, just, we need just you be to that be that guy. We need you to be Lenny
1: in a much less artful piece. it's it's super weird how in 80s movies when they needed like a character that would be like giant and strong and do whatever the bad guy said they just invented this like version of mental illness that just existed where you were like oh they're just like childlike and they don't understand but they're for some reason giant and strong as well and it's like that, that was that was just a thing in the 80s and i don't know what and, it's based on in reality and there, was might a, just be, and
4: there was a terrible term for it that everybody used constantly
1: yeah but i mean it might be just as simple as hey that, that lenny character that was that was a real convenient plot point in that one book we read in high school i guess <laughs> we could just use it in all of the movies for an entire decade <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean look he was just one like messed up face away from just being like
3: baby ruth
4: that's true.
2: But he was just a good-looking sloth. That was it.
4: I actually... Did you guys ever
3: watch The Middle? The uh, random little movie? sitcom? No, the sitcom. Oh, I...
4: I'm sure I saw an episode of that, but I do not recall anything about it. There's, there's an episode where they make the little brother... Read of mice and men to the older brother, but he, the older brother's not interested. So he makes him do a Cliff Notes version of it, and it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Where the kid goes, there's this guy and his friend Lenny. Oh, and they love each other, and uh, and Lenny has a mouse. Oh God, he killed it. And then this happens. And this happens. Hey, Lenny got a puppy. Lenny loves the puppy. Oh, the puppy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> But they do that for the whole book. And I was like, that's so fucking funny because that 100% is accurate. That book is just like, oh, oh,
3: fuck. Oh, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's with his friend's wife and she's comforting him and she's nice. Oh, she's dead. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not inaccurate. (laughs)
4: Yeah. I like the end where he's like, oh, and now Lenny's running and there's a mob chasing him. And the friend finds him. And the friend's talking to him. And they're looking at some flowers. Oh, the friend's got a gun. He's going to defend Lenny from the mob. Oh, nope. He shot Lenny in the back.
3: (laughs) 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 Anyway, Bo Bridges. Before we start breaking down
1: all the Bugs Bunny episodes that were inspired by *Mice and Men*, let's get back to the movie we're talking about. (laughs) It's all right. Like I said, it's it's fine. Yeah,
2: it's just not what I remember, which is what bummed me out.
1: Well, because I think your child's mind seeing him in that like underground tunnel full of the homeless people probably. Translated that almost into a Jim Cotta like setting of just like freaks everywhere. And then when you watch it, it's like, Oh, they're just homeless people who are upset that some rich guy wandered down into the area that they've claimed for their own. I feel like I don't don't blame them.
2: I feel like my memory of this movie lives in the vigilante universe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like just more seedy and gross. It's like oh this isn't really that gross
1: That wasn't Not gross either though to be sure
2: I mean sure having to dig a subway token Out of a Unflushed uh, piss pot for Like that was, it's not been flushed
4: all day There were no There were nowhere gross. near as much rats As they should have been
3: for this era Of big city Yeah We saw like one or two That's about it
1: It's a bunch when he first went down in that underground tunnel after he panicked and ran away from the security guard guy, he, uh, there was a lot of rats. And then as soon as oh, some was... people, then the rats stopped being there.
4: Oh, I missed that. Part. Yeah. You know, it would have been better if while he was down in the subway, he got attacked by the, the rat catcher from split second. Split be <laughs> way
2: better. <laughs> or just the giant rats from rats. Ooh, or that or both. The, the wiener dogs that were dressed up like rats.
4: See that that's my vote. Yeah. Or if he was Spider-Man and you put the uh the bad guy <laughs> in just a plaid suit shirt and it's then just, he's arcade and it just it works. It's just you don't have to change anything in the movie. You just put Bo Bridges in a Spider Man costume. I don't listen.
3: But
1: I see. Hate- that you're taking this discussion in a ridiculous direction by suggesting that both just play Spider-Man, who's also a judge by day because you said change nothing, so. Yeah,
4: change nothing.
1: All right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think we're all kind of on the same page where this movie it's all right. It's not worth getting excited about, but it's... Um, it's fine. It was like a sort of mid afternoon thriller. If this was on TV at Saturday afternoon in 1989, and you just watched it. You'd be fine.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'm sure you can catch this on Comet at some point. See, I
2: had an aunt that would, uh, essentially be like, Hey, do you want to come like spend the night at my house? And I'd be like, sure. And she basically just did that. So she'd have someone to watch her kids so she can go get drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was defunding it because she let me just watch whatever the fuck I wanted on cable that night. This is one of the movies I watched for some reason. I feel like I watched it at like 10 o'clock at night and it felt way grosser than. than yeah, I remember.
1: Kid. Yeah. Just cause you were a kid. Yeah, totally. But I don't, look again, uh,
3: expectations
1: Especially, aside, I, I think this movie yeah. is pretty grimy and pretty dirty. And I think they do a good job of portraying like the, the sort of the rich upper class people like the just Bo Bridges and his best friend who's like a doctor and they're always in suits and shit. And then you see them kind of like gradually go down to like this level of just dirt and grime sure. where they're like underground fighting with rats and homeless people. Like, I think it's, sure. I think it's pretty well done. It's not, you know, seventies grimy, but it's by eighties standards. It's very, very grimy. Well, it's,
2: um, uh... You know, some white kid from the Midwest who lives in rural Midwest watching it. I'm sure I was like, "Oh my gosh, crime-ridden city! How's the city not just fall apart?" Now I watch
3: it and I'm like, "Oh, well, this is nothing." So, yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's not. It's far from perfect,
1: but I think I am i enjoyed it more than you did it sounds like sounds like it yeah i like i liked the twist too i liked the idea of them starting us off with like this oh the whole system is broken and we need to fix it somehow and then it turning out like no the
3: guy who's taking the law into his own hands is actually the the real bad guy of the situation because you realize as the movie goes on that if you really wanted he would like if he really wanted that
1: evidence brought to light he certainly wouldn't you know kidnap the judge and give him like one subway token to make it across town and back and hold him accountable to a seven hour timeline and all that kind of stuff right it's obviously never intended for the plan to be that that work that the evidence comes to light and i was a little nervous that that was going to be the the uh conclusion of the film would be that like oh look bad guys do go to jail because we did get the evidence and Bo bridges is now a hero for playing along with this game but they don't go that direction and i thought that was and i was pleasantly surprised by that where they're actually like
3: no 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 but you know the normal judge guy that just wanted the system to work the way it's supposed to he's really the good guy here Uh, all right. Anything else for you move on? Nah. yeah. All
2: right, Doug, why don't you run down Night of the Running Man? Night as, of the Running Man. Which we were all disappointed to learn was not a sequel to Running Man.
3: <laughs>
1: Did we ever think it was going to be? No. Um, so Night of the Running Man is about a Vegas cab driver who uh, got his fare one night and then... So basically, people are trying to kill his fare and he doesn't understand what's going on ends up running away from the scene after they've taken the guy out and the uh, guy left a bag in the cab with a million dollars in it so he thinks to himself man I should, I should probably just keep that million dollars right that seems like the solution here um, meanwhile the casino owner that the money was stolen from because of course it was it's Vegas um, he's like pretty pissed about his million dollars being got So now, a what would you call him? Like a not quite a hitman, but not like almost like a hitman slash private detective played by Scott Glenn is now on the case. Which,
2: which I did not even know he was in this movie. So that makes it a uh, (laughs) Scott Glenn double week that we just did.
1: Yeah. And we're tying ourselves into last week. We used to have that theme of continuing continuing over the themes. Now we've got Scott Glenn being our tie into last week's show. Um, but yeah, basically, it ends up being a lot more complex than I thought. I thought it was just going to be a cab driver running around Vegas get being chased by this one guy. But he actually is smart enough to hop on a train out of town. So then he's tracked down. They end up in L.A. at one point where uh, another guy, another random like detective slash hitman <laughs> played by John Glover shows up and is actually successful in capturing. Said cabbie, but uh, he escapes from him and holds up with a nurse. Eventually, you know, you have your your typical sort of direct-to-video climax where somehow the guy that was just a cabbie at the beginning of the movie can now take everybody else out, and uh, they live happily ever after with their million dollars. Which is sort of a weird message that turns out the right thing to do is steal a million dollars because then you'll be chased across
3: the country, hook up with a hot nurse, and you guys can retire together in Reno. Yeah. Uh, so for me,
2: another one that I thought was a great premise that just kind of fell apart, as the movie one on.
4: Really? You think so? I fucking I had a great fucking time watching this movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, again, I think the plot
2: to me sounded like, oh, this dude's going to be running across Vegas trying to get away with this million dollars while people pursue him. And I mean, that's not really what it ends up being. It's more of like a multi-state chase over trains and shit and Scott Glenn talking to a bunch of people. I think I just wanted more like Scott, Scott Glenn being a stone cold motherfucker, right? Has sex with this pretty attractive lady and then snaps her neck because she's asking too many questions.
3: Yep. That's our introduction to him. Yeah. (laughs) He throws a waitress over Hoover Dam. Right. yes (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> that my favorite scene is when he randomly gets like mugged, and he just like cuts the shit out of that one guy's face. And it's like it's not even really apropos; it's like irrelevant to the plot. It's just an excuse to make him stab some guy a bunch of times in the face.
2: Mm-hmm. Gotta but make him look really like
1: cool. a badass. It looked really cool, so I didn't care.
3: Yeah, so I slash slash, slash. Where the
1: guy's like, I can't see it. He goes get a fucking dog and just walks off. <laughs> The, uh, the attempted one-liners in this did not always play, but I really enjoyed that one in particular. Well, like, yeah. like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was just
4: exploitative enough that, like, I don't know, I had fun with all of it. Uh, the fucking dude gets his feet poached.
2: Which I feel was not, like, a good... Like, I don't know. It's just... It's like, oh, he can't really walk down. Oh makes this chase even
1: more boring i'm surprised you're calling it boring i mean it's again it's Uh, whatever i think this one's like an hour and 27 minutes or something like it's real it's real quick and it's like there's plenty of i would have liked to see more of the like the, the feet torturing, scene. You know, I would like to see the the cabbie character take more of <laughs> whoa, a beating. Whoa,
4: whoa there, Quentin
1: Tarantino! <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily more things <laughs> happening to his feet. <laughs> That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that I like for me if like if he'd been if he'd been through more, like you know more physical altercations, and he was like getting more and more beat up throughout the film. I think that would have worked.
2: For some reason, I pictured this movie. A little more grimy. Apparently I was just in a grimy mood this week. I didn't feel like I got enough of it.
1: Well, and and I think the problem is both of these films have a premise that lends itself to that griminess, but yeah. then they came out in a time like this is what 94, I think
3: Yeah,
1: it's like, that's not really a time for grimy films. We've had that yeah. discussion many times. I was going to say, do you guys
4: remember? I, I can't remember. I'm, my sense of time is completely shot, but years ago, maybe five years ago, there was that movie with Jamie Foxx and uh, Tom Cruise. Or Tom Cruise It's, is been,
2: it's been way more than five years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's I have like, no idea how long It's has been. Collateral. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's like what from '06 you, or 07? something like that. Yeah.
4: Do you yeah. guys do you guys think that they intentionally dressed Tom Cruise's character up to look like Scott Glenn's character in this movie? Because I kn- that's the first thing I noticed. I was like, holy shit, he's wearing like almost the exact same suit that. Light gray suit through the whole
1: movie. I don't think they did that on purpose. No two
4: thousand two thousand four. By the
2: way, that movie's almost twenty years old. Jesus <laughs>
1: fucking Christ! <laughs> I, I think you're you've, uh, you've accidentally stumbled I'm across concerned. something here, though. I'm, cons- be... I'm concerned. I have Alzheimer's at this point. <laughs> Quit talking, Doug.
4: I might I might be sick. <laughs> you know, five
3: years ago. Oh my god! No, that was a joke. You can keep saying whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Michael Mann directed *Collateral*. I would I would assume he would have better sense than to rip off a.
3: No,
4: I don't think it, it wasn't experience. a rip off because the movies were completely different. I'm just saying it was. Because I think that takes place in Vegas, too, right? Nope. No. Is that right? Is that in New
2: York? I don't know. Yeah, it's LA
4: LA? It
2: was L.A. Well, I mean, this movie took place in L.A. too. At Ah some
4: point, so. See? (laughs) Maybe. ah, My idiocy
3: comes full circle. (laughs) My being wrong becomes right yet again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I just pictured this dude, like having to traverse
2: Vegas. And I'm like, ooh, creepy, gross Vegas would be kind of cool. And him getting into, like, you know, horrible situations, having to deal with lobsters or gang members or whatever. And they don't really do that. It's just, yeah, this guy owns a casino, and can't be ran off with a million bucks. Like, not that exciting.
3: I don't, like, I don't know what you thought you were getting with this
1: movie, but
2: well, I I just,
4: I I just explained it. So, I mean, the two, the two hitmen are the best part of this movie and I wish it was a lot more of
1: them. I definitely, I love the, uh, the John Glover, the second hitman guy. Yeah. Um, his performance, he's just having a fucking blast in this movie. He's just like, when he pulls up to the, gets him in like the cab and then he's just like, he's just Starts fucking with him like, oh, yeah, we're going to go this way. I know where there's a good hotel. And he's like, what's the uh, what's the hotel's name? And he names it after himself because he's just taking the guy to his place. And then he just like when he I think when he um, tortures him, I think that's just for fun. I don't think that's part of like plan, really. He just decides he's going to burn his feet.
4: And like, okay. I do like the end where he's like, OK, OK. Yeah, one more time. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know what? But, you know what? You know what I wanted? What? I wanted fucking Judgment Night. That's what I wanted.
3: Okay.
1: But you got to stop judging movies because you decide you want something, and then oh no no! The I shall continue. Was never trying to do that. I that's will not continue. The movie's fault. You know what I wanted
4: from this movie? UHF and Weird Owl wasn't at, it at all. <laughs> so fuck this movie. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it was all fun. I the most boring parts were the part of like the cab driver being the cab driver and doing cab drivery things. Like I know he has to talk to that waitress in order to set up uh scott glenn throwing over the fucking dam which were you happy that they threw a dummy down the dam you know i was (laughs) i was a little mad that that dummy didn't hit anything though it's too clean too clean of a dummy fall i need that dummy to bounce
1: do we do we think that maybe part of the problem with this film is andrew McCarthy being cast as the cab driver and maybe just he should have just stayed in the 80s where he belongs. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I was, by I 1995, he shouldn't be starring in a movie or not
4: an action movie anyway. I was getting ready to say I stared I stared at him for a really long time and I was like, who the fuck <laughs> is that? And I looked at Shard and I was like, Shard, do you know who Andrew McCarthy is? She goes, that name sounds familiar, but I don't know who that is. So I was like, I'll look him up on IMDb and a different picture of him popped up and I was like – I don't know who the fuck this man is. <laughs> and, and finally, I looked at his credits. And it was like mannequin and a bunch. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: come on, weekend of Bernies, come on, man.
4: Yeah, well, that's what I said. Like I was like, oh, he's all those. He's that nameless dude from all those
1: eighties movies. That
3: pretty, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> pretty in pink. It's, I just don't know if he belongs in the lead of an action thriller. It's, you know, the. Okay, they gave him like the long hair and the goatee so that everybody would know this film came out in 1994. But it's like, just, just in case anyone was going to forget. But, you know, it's still he's I don't know, almost too likable. You want him to be kind of like you know, and maybe they could have done that better too by portraying his life a little differently. They show him living in a trailer, but they don't doesn't seem to be living like a hard life. So when he finds his money, it's like
3: he doesn't need it. It's not like his opportunity to get out. I don't know. If he had alimony to pay and child support, we don't know. Wait, wait, what?
4: No, no. Were you just, just saying like his, his life and his trailer in the Nevada desert was so great that he had no reason to
1: take a million dollars? I not saying, look, everybody could use a million dollars. I'm saying he... Like he he was driving cab. He didn't seem to hate doing it. There was no indication that like it was rough. His house was like his home was fine. Okay, granted he's living in a trailer, but it wasn't like you know trailer park boys trailer park. It was a reasonable trailer park. He seemed to have like friends, and he'd stop at like the bar at the end of the night and go in for a drink, and everybody knew him and shit. Like he seemed to be living a fine life. Wasn't like you know what I mean? As opposed to like
4: I've always been under the impression that nobody who isn't rich. Uh, lives in Vegas voluntarily uh, it's, it's they go there they gamble too much and then they can't leave the town and they're just trapped and forced <laughs> to work Vegas but, actually but, has very low income taxes
2: for obvious yeah. reasons
1: but but I think the, I think the movie would have made more sense if it was that like if he was buried in gambling debt that would make like first of all it would make a lot more sense to have it set in Vegas and everything it would help, help play into that theme but also it would be like I'm in this trouble and this is my way out of it. And maybe it would make him more of a sympathetic character in some ways. Could I would a bookie some money? They so said they're going to
2: blow yeah. up his cab or some shit if they, if they didn't get paid.
1: Yeah. Something, something like that, like make it again. And I think adding to that darkness would have been better too. Cause yes, the other thing is like, this is a Mark L Lester film, right? So you're like, e- you're what you're trying to walk this line. This is movies trying to be a bit of a thriller, but you've got the director of commando. And so you start to get the one liners and the stuff like that. You're like, I think maybe it would work better as a darker
4: movie.
3: Yeah.
4: I think that's what we're missing. Scott Glenn needed a a four rocket rocket launcher.
1: (laughs) I was going the other way with it. I was I was thinking like no country for old men is a movie with a very similar premise and it's no, 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 no. Scott Glenn needed to carry a tree.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> dare I say that Scott Glenn might not be able to lift a tree as well as Arnold Schwarzenegger can. How dare you?
4: Scott, <laughs> Scott Glenn could definitely carry a tree if he wanted to, maybe not the same tree. <laughs>
3: Smaller, smaller tree. <laughs> the Charlie Brown version of that tree. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Not know. Like, like say. I said,
4: enough. Ex- there was enough exploitation. The violence was good. I mean, a dude fucking gets a, a board with a nail in it <laughs> to the head. It's pretty great. Two scenes of nudity, sex scenes. Yeah, some 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 Moroccan uh, tits, as it were. Did
1: we just like point <laughs> out the the that second sex scene is the most yes. predictable sex scene in history? It's like the minute that that character comes on screen, like he wakes up in the hospital and that nurse is sitting there, and the minute you see her, you can almost predict. Not just like you can predict exactly. You can close your eyes and guess what that sex scene is going to look like, and you'll be right. It's like, it's just so like up its era, I guess. I'll
4: be honest. When that sex scene started, I was like, wait, maybe I have seen this movie before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, like the whole lead up to it is just, it's like, oh, I wonder if these two will get together. And it's like, it's, it's almost like you could, you could look at movies from this era and like find the exact, like, okay, okay. of the way through the film, there'll be a new female character developed and she will take a liking to the male lead and then they will become a couple by the end of the movie. It's just, it's so predictable and funny.
2: Did it look to anybody else like she was having a seizure on top of him? No, just me? All right. It's you. She's doing a very weird, like, full body, like, Throwing yourself forward type of thing, and I'm like, that doesn't look sexy at
4: all. It's that it's that Listen. crazy hip thrashing in those fake <laughs> sex scenes that you're like, she would snap his dick clean off. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to <laughs> chill out. Because then when
2: uh, I can't believe we're going scene by scene about this, but when they flip over and he's on top, I'm like, okay, this looks like a normal sex scene. He's not like convulsing on top of her. She was doing with him a second ago.
1: I don't know. I thought it was weird. Apparently that's how you guys have sex. That's fine. I, I'm just not a kink shame in these people. They can do what they want. <laughs> and I, it didn't seem again. My whole point was pretty much the most predictable thing ever. It looked just like every other sex scene. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. So it's fine. But
2: Yeah, this is the, the type of movie you see was on HBO at like ten o'clock at night, you check to see if it has nudity. You're like, oh, sex scene's gonna show up and this is the exact sex scene that would show up in every movie.
4: It's it's super funny how times change. Because back then they were like, Well, we've gotta put this sex scene in this movie, otherwise people aren't gonna watch this movie. And now people are like, if we show a nipple, no one will come. <laughs>
3: put those put those nips
4: away
2: to be fair there's a lot more free porn now so not everybody's not as uh, hard up I guess true that um yeah I don't know does anybody else have anything else
4: Uh, if Scott Glenn approaches you in an alley walk the other way
2: yeah. we should mention wayne newton's in this movie for like 30 30 seconds
4: i keep forgetting that wayne newton's the the main bad guy
3: he's the he's <laughs> the
4: like mob boss guy i saw i saw his name in the credits for a split second and i wasn't really paying that close attention and i was like oh it's got a wayne newton cameo is wayne newton because they're in vegas <laughs> <laughs> nope
2: so we should have teamed this up with best of the best two. We could have done a Wade Newton double feature. I
3: don't know.
1: I don't know if we need to do that. But yeah, I I think this movie is better than you're giving it credit for. Um <laughs> I think the, the villains are are really fun to watch. I think the violence is okay. I would have preferred to be more of it. Um you know, I think. Maybe they should have filmed something actually in Vegas. Cause I don't know that they actually filmed anything in Vegas.
2: They filmed <laughs> the cab, the cab driving around and it was definitely uh, Andrew McCarthy <laughs> driving it. Not a
1: stuntman. Listen, they absolutely bought that stock footage from somebody who filmed stuff in Vegas. I'm not denying it, <laughs> but it's like, it's that class. It's like the opening scene to like a sitcom that's going to be set in Vegas where they're just like all the pictures of all the highlights of Vegas and then every time they're inside it's like I don't think this is really Vegas which the first time I
2: went to Vegas was about 10 years after this movie came out oh, yeah and so it was fun just like him driving around I'm like oh yeah this is all the shit that I went to some of it's not there anymore
1: yeah there's some of it is like I'm like I oh, don't that 7-11 sign is awfully like gaudy I don't know if that makes <laughs> sense and I don't remember seeing that one as in Vegas but it was much later than this
0: thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call for more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at mn Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
4: Uh, what did everybody watch? Um, I watched that movie Chupa. It's about it's, it's a movie about a Mexican American kid who goes back to Mexico to meet his grandfather after the death of his actual father and ends up helping a baby Chupacabra find its family. I heard of this movie. It's on it's on Netflix. It's everything oh. you expect it to be. But better because his grandfather turns out to be a La Mascara luchador. <laughs> who's who this so this movie is like once again, it's a kid's movie about, you know, kid finds monster and monster turns out to be nice, you know. But at the same time, the movie's about the a kid whose father died of fucking cancer. And now he's visiting his grandpa for the first time. And it turns out his grandpa is in the early stages of Alzheimer's and dementia and is losing his mind. And him and his cousins take advantage of their their grandpa who's losing his mind to fight off evil Christian Slater, who is a, a devilish cryptid hunter who's trying to capture the baby Chupacabra.
2: Wait. It's actual Christian Slater?
4: Yes. Yes, it oh, nice. is actually
1: Christian Slater. Let's say no more. We can't talk about it
3: until, <laughs> until <next> September. September.
4: <laughs> but it's, this movie is set in a weird universe where, okay, so chupacabras are real. So that's, that's a thing we got to deal with. And it's also set in a universe where they're trying to pretend that uh, luchador wrestling is real as well. Good. That it is actually a fighting sport, gotcha. and they and they take that a hundred percent seriously. That the grandfather
3: was never defeated in the ring. It's it's really weird. Yeah, he's he. By the way, he's in
4: dementia because uh, his his uh, luchador nemesis kicked him out of the ring and he cracked his skull and he has brain damage. <laughs> That again, this is once once again. This is a children's movie. Yeah, it's got to learn lessons about dementia somewhere, right? <laughs> I, I was like, is this the eighties? Because this is real dark for a kids' movie. Like, if you really pay close attention,
3: does it say you take that much attention? The guys flying out of the ring and bashing inside on the floor. Well, and then like you'd
4: think the the movie would end one way, and it does not. Like. Because the at the beginning of the movie they're talking about Christian Slater's trying to catch the chupacabras because uh apparently they have mystical healing qualities and they kind of establish that at the beginning of the movie, and then you're like, Oh, okay, so at the end of the movie somehow they're gonna use the chupacabra to fix the the grandpa or something, and it's like, No. No, that's not what's gonna happen. The big takeaway at the end of the movie is that the Mexican American kid now has an appreciation for Mexico and is going to learn Spanish and and now enjoys his mother's barbacoa. Like <laughs> I was like, oh,
3: that's that's deep. You guys are really going for the deep meaning. Oh well, yeah, so it's a movie. Christian Slater sent it. Somebody paid to have it made. Mm-hmm.
4: And at one point, a guy does say, it is time for you to
3: learn the beauty of the suplex. And then suplexes Christian <laughs> <laughs> Slater, which is pretty dope. So what'd you watch, Doug? Nothing. Short really? Peak. Sorry, really? I, literally, I literally have nothing. Oh, okay.
1: I, just, I barely got through these movies. I was just less late than you getting finishing up that last movie. <laughs>
2: uh, well, I got two things. Uh, I went and saw Super Mario Brothers. It's me, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Nice, fun movie, especially if you're a Nintendo nerd. And uh, the movie's jam-packed full of, like,
4: Easter eggs and
2: stuff, so. The,
4: the biggest complaint I heard about the entire movie is people bitching about the fact that Seth Rogen didn't do a voice for Donkey Kong. So oh, Donkey yeah. Donkey no. Kong is just Seth Rogen.
2: <laughs> Doesn't even try. At some point he laughs, and it's just the Seth Rogen laugh.
4: And I've heard that it's even got a post-credits scene to set up another character. Uh, it's got two of them. Do they both set up characters?
2: Uh what was the middle one?
4: Is it Wario? Is it Wario? There's <laughs> no Wario. No Wario.
3: Is it Waluigi? Because that would be even weirder. No Waluigi. <laughs> um,
2: I'm trying to remember what the middle one was, because there's one in the middle of the credits. I don't even remember. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's a lot of fun though. Uh, tons of fun stuff. Uh, anytime they're in Brooklyn and they're going through town, look at the signs on the buildings because they're all of them are some sort
3: of Nintendo uh, reference. So it's a lot of fun.
2: Mm. I don't know. Critics are not loving it, but apparently audiences are rating it really high in Rotten Tomatoes. So
4: I meant to go see it, I just kind of didn't didn't have the motivation.
2: Sure. Uh it's good though. I had a great time. And uh you know what? When we went, there was a bunch of kids dressed up in Mario and Princess Peach costumes and
1: That's awesome.
2: They were all having a fun time. So
3: Is is Daisy in it?
2: Uh No, but there is trying to remember is that is that a youtube video or was it in the actual movie i swear there's some video that has like all the princesses in it but peach is the only one we see like in the movie itself
3: um you know, apparently the guy who does the voice of mario
2: two appearances in the movie is two separate characters just not mario
3: Oh, the actual or Luigi. Okay.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're like, well, we hired Chris Pratt. Sorry, you can be these two other characters if you want. It's like, okay. And he
4: went,
3: oh, Aw. <laughs> oh, oh, no.
4: Did <laughs> yeah. he hopped away?
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but lots of fun stuff. And the thing I didn't catch when I watched it. Is Mario and Luigi are going to go on a, on their first, uh, cause they just opened their own plumbing business. They're going on their, f- on their first job and their van breaks down. So they have to run across the city to get there. And I didn't realize it cause then it goes into side scrolling mode and I didn't realize it, but this, the cityscape is set up to look like the first level of the original super Mario brothers. No, <clears throat> pretty good. Yeah, they just set up weird like like a yellow air conditioner. It looks like a question block, even though it's not, you know, that sort of thing. I'm just like, oh, I didn't even catch that until someone else pointed it out. I'm like, oh, shit, that is totally what that was. So, it's fun. Uh, yeah, so recommend for me. <clears throat> Luke or uh, Lando would probably like it there, Doug, if you give him a... Took him yeah, a he's together. got
1: a... I think he's got to go see it as part of a birthday party experience with one of his friends. So. Oh, okay. So you're holding I him off. If, I, guess. I don't. I don't know if that means I get to go or not yet. So
2: uh, yeah, just gonna drop him off at the door and just be sad to walk back to the
3: car. That would be uh,
1: or I could just like drop him off and then like hover back a bit and then buy my own ticket and sit like a few rows away, just <laughs> awkwardly.
2: Wear a hoodie, pull the hood up,
1: just. Huh. they just like hood up, walk out, stand out front, hood back down,
2: <laughs>
1: see if I trick all the eight year olds yeah. and did not know when it's me.
2: How did you know the movie was over? No, I'm just that good. Uh, so yeah, recommend for me. I really enjoyed it. It's just fun. Don't take it too seriously. Is Chris Pratt's voice good? Nah, eh, not really. But.
1: I feel like like a lot of the criticisms that I'm seeing of that movie are like people who think it's going to be like a good movie. And it's like, it's a cartoon about the Mario brothers. Yeah. Nick, it's it's, it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's a kid's yeah. movie.
2: And it it's the most stereotypical uh, Mario brothers storyline ever. You're like, yeah, I've played this. I've played five of those games that have that exact same
3: storyline. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then the other thing that I watched,
2: A friend of mine was holding a preview screening of Evil Dead Rise up in Chicago. I saw that. So me and my friend Tim, who's the biggest Evil Dead fan I know, made the trek up to Chicago, gave it a watch. Uh, I had a really good time with it. It was a lot of fun. Super gory, super bloody. Um, Tone-wise, probably more in line with the 2013 movie. Right.
1: That's what I predicted based on the... Yeah. Based on the previews. Yeah.
2: So don't expect a lot of comedy. Just maybe a couple jokes in there, but nothing, nothing Bruce Campbell worthy.
1: So it's probably the right decision because, uh, how are you ever going to do something? That's Bruce Campbell ish without being Bruce Campbell.
2: Exactly. So, uh, but there is a lot of fun Easter eggs in it. Some, uh, some signage. They'll give you a good chuckle if you're an Evil Dead fan. Some uh, dropped quotes
3: that are very noticeable. Um, That's good. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. So just go
2: and enjoy. I feel like there's a line in it that helps rope in like this one, the remake and the original movies. The one universe, which I always considered the quote unquote remake just to be like the sequel that has nothing to do with any of the previous characters.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think they've, they name drop something that at least like gives it away. for you to be like, Oh, okay. And just be fine with it and shrug your shoulders and move on with the rest of the movie. So, yeah.
3: Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So that'd be another big recommend for me.
1: Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to that one. I was, I saw you going to see it and i like, I'm like what the hell did I miss it? And I started like searching for screenings. <laughs> I didn't realize
3: <laughs>
1: for a little while, like, wait a minute. Yeah. My friend got
2: a hold of me and he's like, uh, cause he's doing stuff with bloody disgusting now. And they were holding a, uh, a screening like a preview screening and he's like hey i just want to give you a heads up they're going to release these tickets tomorrow do you want to go and i was like oh no it's on a thursday i can't go and then i thought about like wait i got fucking vacation days of course i can go yeah so yeah i made a habit
3: that's
1: the kind of thing that's you don't want to miss out on kind of a fun thing to yeah. good to do here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future might as well just do it next week point okay. break and dead presidents oh going for it so that yeah. is a show that we we planned uh, on mike <laughs> a couple of weeks back so
3: might as well just do it yeah uh I think this was set up because
1: um because you've never seen point Break. I, i've like,
2: never seen never seen point break before in some weird you, twist of fate
1: you own like, it i yeah. plan to watch your copy which i've yeah. watched before
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah of course i own lots of shit digitally that i'm like oh i want to see this at some point before i die but probably never will yep. but hey point break won't be one of them i guess
1: So the original point break, don't accidentally watch the remake. (laughs) We will not be discussing the remake.
2: Like this movie sucks. Why does everybody
1: love it so much? Don't refer to that remake as a movie. It's not one. (laughs) Have you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw it once in in theaters when it was new.
2: Decided just to see just in case.
1: Yeah. it It was just one of those other people were going. I used to have some friends. I think it was a Christmas Day movie. I used to have some friends. We'd go to the movies every Christmas Day, and then we stopped. And that movie's like a significant part of
3: why. <laughs> so interesting. But um, yeah, I, I think you'll really like the original. And I have no idea what Dead President
1: says, but I check. I check that I, I, ch- I, I have availability to it. So yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, Gary Busey's in Point Break, right?
1: Yeah, and he's oh, yeah. he's Gary Busey in that movie. I fucking love him in that movie.
2: <laughs> so Keanu, Swayze, Busey? I mean, come on. Yep.
1: How can I not like it? It's, it's and They're all doing their
3: thing. Nice. Keanu learning I, well, to serve as part of his bank Swayze
4: game. is a bad guy, which is always a weird change of
3: pace. Yeah, but he's a hip, cool bad guy that everybody likes. We'll probably talk about that next week, I guess. I'm excited to check it out. and then
1: we'll find out what Dead Presidents is. i at this point, I'm not even going to read a plot description. Just
2: yeah. I've heard it's like a heist movie, which I'm. It
1: has like a bank robbery in it, if I remember
3: correctly. That's why I got teamed up with this. this is bank robberies were involving dead presidents, so. Uh, Did anybody celebrate uh, Rex Manning Day this week? You did. You did your annual post on Facebook that reminded me that it's Rex Manning Day. Yeah. I was asking you, did you
2: guys celebrate?
3: I I didn't didn't do anything special for it, no.
2: Come on. Come on, guys, it's a holiday.
1: I have so much trouble because every year that pops up and every year I'm like, I should just watch Empire Records and then I'm like, uh, I'm a feeling if adult me watches Empire Records. I'm like, it's going to just spoil all the fun <laughs> I have remembering how much I like Empire Records.
2: Eh, I still like Empire Records. It's good, yeah. cheesy fun. Very 90s. Like if the 90s was a
3: movie, you're like, yeah, that's it. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, I don't know. Does anybody else have anything fun to say? <laughs> Just sign uh, us off.
4: Uh, Renfield comes out soon. for sure Lloyd is. is in the Mandalorian. Blah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we should talk about that. I haven't watched a single episode of the new season yet.
2: Oh, uh, you're missing out. This last episode had three big
4: cameos. Uh, one of those cameos I could not
1: give a fuck about. Who are the three big cameos?
2: Damn it, Doug! I just closed my Facebook. Jack Black. Oh, Jack Black, Lizzo, and uh, Christopher Lloyd.
1: Oh, what? What is a Lizzo? That's the one I didn't know about. That's she's, she's that's,
4: that's the singer. singer who's like overweight and body positive,
1: and people gush over her.
3: Okay. Uh, uh,
1: I'm sure all that's true, but who was she in the Mandalorian? She was Jack Black's, Jack Black's wife. Oh, okay.
2: She was I the did. queen or the princess or whatever her title so is.
1: That is yeah. a singer? Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: She got to hold Grogu. <clears throat> she she got hold to Grogu, hold Grogu, which is way more important to me than any of the things Noah said about her turn. <laughs> <laughs> Right?
2: She got to hold him, and then Grogu loved it and wanted to hang out with her the entire time.
1: Yeah. Uh, honestly, it is so if i have a complaint about the mandalorian and i really don't i've really enjoyed this season but it's very clear that the people making the mandalorian had a plan and that plan was for grogu to go off with luke and for mando to go on a new adventure and then the executives stepped in and were like no 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 we gotta keep selling these toys Grogu is in every episode and they're like, fine. So then every episode they just keep finding somewhere to put them like here, can you hold my baby while I go off and do my adventure? And there's just always some character in the background going, I'll hold them, which is accurate. When you have a baby, if you need someone to hold them, there's always somebody who wants to hold them. So it's fine, but it's just like, it's constant. And just every now and again, Grogu has to do something cute so they can sell some more toys. And then like, okay, that's it for you out of the, out of the way. while we tell the actual story? (laughs) so it's like it it's not even really bad like it's not hurting the show but it's just so noticeable if you somebody who understands how these things work yeah i'm sure kids are not noticing that grogu is just forced into the show i'm sure they're all just thinking i want to buy another grogu toy so it's probably
3: working
2: yeah has lando wanted a new grogu toy
3: he's off Star Wars right now. He's on this weird, like...
1: Sounds weird like he wants to be an athlete now, Kick. What? And I'm like, all right, go oh. outside and be an athlete while well, Dad stays inside and watches cool shit on TV. Knock
2: that shit off. Like, but, son, air conditioning.
1: That's...
3: He's, he's in for a rude awakening when he finds out that, that like,
1: I don't go outside when it's above, like, 25. I'm like, it's fine. I'll spend
3: some time outside with you in the fall. But (laughs) Hmm. yeah, so
2: this uh, this gives was Christopher Lloyd gets the uh, I don't know. Isn't there a term for somebody who's been in Star Wars and
3: Star Trek? Um, No, not one that I'm aware of. No. I I saw someone say
2: something on Facebook and I figured no, am sure. I now? know. Uh,
1: Star we have our boy award. I don't
2: know.
1: All right. Do we know? Have there been many
3: people who have done that? There can't be too many.
2: Probably not. But I don't know. I think there's at least one or two others
1: sure there are probably a bunch of like background extras that are just nerds that just travel around trying to get in
3: shit please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the
0: theater and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've
4: succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment